0: Amen, Brother Herring. Come, follow the Holy Ghost. Preach to us tonight. Everybody, say, God bless, Brother Herring. Praise the Lord. Getting it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. To be back in the presence of the Lord. Man, God is so good to us, isn't He? He's been extremely good to me, man. God, if uh, you got a Bible tonight, I'd ask you to go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 30, verse 7. There. It's probably just going to be a little slow tonight, but it'll be all right. I feel the Holy Ghost. Very confident in what I've got to preach tonight. Amen. The Bible says, And Aaron shall burn their own sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lambs, and he shall burn incense upon it. God, we thank you tonight, Lord. We know that you're going to move. You're going to speak. You're going to minister, God, in a mighty way tonight, Lord. I believe that, God. God, I'm not asking any of these precious people tonight to respond to me. God, I'm not asking that. But, oh, I'm asking that they will respond to your word and your spirit, Lord. For all this is going to be your glory, God. Man's not to get any glory out of this service, but you will, Lord. And we're going to give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Put your Bibles down and why don't you raise your hands all over the house and why don't you thank him one more time for his presence that you feel tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I'm going to preach a little bit tonight about lamp dressing. Now, when one begins to think about candlesticks, there's usually thoughts about wax and wicks burning the candles. Man, man. But in the tabernacle of Moses, this candlestick was more than a lamp, praise God, than a candle. It's more than a lamp, than just a candle. The candles burned by self consumption, but lamps had to burn because of the fuel source. Come on. The golden lamp stands could really, really be much like the old fashioned kerosene or the cold oil. Lamps. The lampstand had no, it didn't have any uh, measurement. Let's say it like that, like the other items of the tabernacle. The only other piece of the furniture that didn't have any measurements was the brazen laver. Amen. We cannot measure the light of God which is to be revealed in the church from time to eternity. We cannot measure the cleansing power of the water of the word. Come on, loosen up just a little bit tonight. Shake yourself, loosen up a little bit. Praise the Lord. It'll be good when it's all said and done. It's the word of God. You know, when, moved, when gold is moved from the quarry or the earth, praise God, it's frankly good for nothing. It's only when it's placed, amen, in the refiner's fire and forged the gold to be refined. And the real value can be added, amen. The fire is painful, but it's necessary to remove all the impurities. And after the gold's been placed in the hands of the goldsmith, it then is, it it falls to his hammer. And the manners of that goldsmith the process is painful but necessary. Yet when the work is completed, it's a thing of rare beauty. Praise God. Amen. We wouldn't hold up when, before God got a hold of us. But after God filled us with the Holy Ghost, we're a rare beauty. Amen. Come on. God began to shape your life and he began to put things in perspective and he began to make you that person that he wanted you to be Uh, and and you became friend of mine uh, that rare beauty uh, that God uh, was trying to get out of you. This process is quite typical of the way that God will work with his church. The spirit purifies and sanctifies, amen, by the fiery trials and the testings that you and I go through and the soul-gripping sufferings that we go through from time to time. But every bit, friend of mine, every bit, every bit of it has its final purpose. Job said, he knoweth the way that I take. When he tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Come on. That trial of your faith being more more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ amen. There's two great truths to keep in mind when you're under the gun, so to speak. Nothing, friend of mine, nothing touches me first uh, that's not already gone through the hands uh, of Almighty God. Do you hear me? Nothing that you go through. uh, It doesn't matter what it is, friend of mine. uh, It has not, come on now. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're going through. uh, It's already gone through the hands of God. uh, God's a sovereign God. uh, He's not surprised. uh, Everything that I endure, uh, is to help me better uh, serve uh, and scatter the light uh, to a lost uh, and dying world. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to the Holy Ghost. God knows the ultimate value of the painful experience. The lamps. The lamps were to burn continuously. They were to never go out. In order for this to happen, the oil had to be on a constant supply with an unending inflow of oil to the reservoir. Hello, somebody. This is true of the church in the end time. There must be a constant intake of oil. I said there must be a constant intake of all. Praise God. God's not saying you lost your all. Uh, he just wants to sweeten up your all. He didn't say you lost your all. Uh, he just wants to sweeten it up a little bit. Ever true church will be challenged by this present generation to lessen the light and use inferior all. There's, there's some things that every individual must understand. You have to show up every day. Lamp tending is, is going to have to have fuel every day. It's going to burn every day. Come on. Come on, every day. Now, to maintain the light was in separate association with the service of the altar. Every morning Aaron and his priestly sons was about the work and they were burned incense while they were dressing or dressing the lampstands. The altar of incense was always been significant of the relationship with prayer. The second altar was a place of divine communion. The first altar was a place of sacrifice. The second altar was a place of communication. And as the lamps were being taken care of uh, prayer was being mixed uh, with the atmosphere. Uh, so carefully tending the light uh, was always uh, in relationship uh, oh my God, to the altar in prayer. If you're not careful uh, the art of the agony of prayer uh, is going to be lost uh, among the, the lamp tending. If you're not careful the art and the agony of prayer is going to be lost among our lamp-tending. Some people get lost working for God. They put so much emphasis on working for God, they forget about their relationship with God. You know what happens time and time again in Scripture, who those that could... Rely on their own thoughts, talents, and strength. It's always been the will of God for man to take care of the woman. He's the authoritative figure in the house. It's always been like that. It's never been placed for the woman to take care of the man. It's the man's job to take care of the family. He's the authoritative figure in the home. Come on, friend of mine. Praise God. Not by your talents and your strength and all that stuff. But it's always been God's will. My Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. God never intended, praise God, for the woman to take the place of the man in the home. Never. There's no such thing as stay home daddies. There's no such thing as that. Brother Sullivan, i work two jobs, man. I about worked myself to death, Brother Sullivan, raising my three boys. Come on now. Raising them boys, praise God, and taking care of the wife. Praise the Lord. Amen. Akin lost his family, praise God, because he thought he would get wealthy, amen, without blessings. oh don't sit there like a sawed up toad, man when God's trying to talk to you come on now amen Samson died among the Philistines because he became careless with the secret place of his anointing amen his power Uzzah also come on lost his position with the king praise God amen you know, a lot of times we try to stop what God's shaking. When that guy reached out there and touched and tried to steady everything, God was just trying to shake some stuff up. Amen. But we're good about trying to stop God from shaking things up in our lives. Amen. Come on. We're good about that. Amen. We cannot get along without prayer. So no matter how important or how holy or how sacred the task may be, You still got to pray. Some people want everybody to think how spiritual they are. You're not all that spiritual. Come on. Amen. Praise God. You know, some people think that fasting makes them real spiritual. It never made me spiritual. I swallowed my stomach and said thanks a lot herring for nothing but it sure helped my flesh I said it sure helped my flesh that's why I says in that scripture only certain things come through prayer and fasting you mix the two together then you get the answer praise God they work together but fasting don't make you spiritual never did me I might be wrong praise the Lord Amen. You know the type of fuel is very important. That was free what I just said. That wasn't in my notes. (laughs) Whoops. We'll pin that little piggy up. He's real slick tonight. We'll we'll make sure he don't. We'll put Brother golf and Sister Jared. Brother Jared. Sister Jared. Brother Jared. Sorry, doctor. Brother Jared. We'll make sure we don't let that little piggy get back out the type of fuel is very very important. I'm so sorry, brother. I did not mean I did not mean that. Forgive me. It had to be exactly as God ordered it to be. You will find that particular ingredients necessary is and you look begin to look in Exodus and you can look in Exodus 25 and 27 and 35 and And Leviticus 24, just kind of go down the line. But in a series of scriptures, one notes that in the tabernacle there was all for the light and all for the anointing. And the all for the light and all for the anointing. The all for the anointing was carefully, friend of mine, constructed from the mixture that the priests were responsible for it. However, there was also all that the people were responsible for. That they came from pure olives that had been crushed. Their responsibility. They were to bring this oil to the priests and they were continually fill the lamps to provide the light in the tabernacle. The oil for the holy lamps and the bread on the table of showbread were the only two things that the people bring inside the tabernacle. However, the bread had to come from the fine flour, had to be ground. This is a very powerful concept to understand The people were actually providing the fuel for the light. Come on, we bring the oil in with us, the Holy Ghost. Come on, it lightens everything up. We bring that in. I said, we bring that in, praise God. Come on, that's what I'm talking about tonight. Praise God. Amen. Their responsibility. Praise God. We can we can come and we can go into a place of worship, and leave all the responsibility of all bearing up to others, and we do it all the time. You can't say, "Amen." You can just do like Papa. He had some of them. I think the things were Saint Bernards or German Shepherds. I don't know what they was, but when he'd hit a bump, they'd just, their heads would just bounce everywhere. So, if you can't say Amen, you can just give me one of Paul Paul's nods tonight. Man, praise God. But sometimes we leave that responsibility up to bearing the oil for others, or we decide that every time that we come into the house, that we're going to bring some oil for us, come on, or with us to provide for the light. Amen. The priests had an anointing oil, but it was different from what the people brought. The people anointing oil of the priest served several purposes. It was employed in the anointing of the tabernacle and the furniture, and it was used for the consecration of the priest. Amen. The oil that you bring in here with you is when you come in, you worship. Come on. It's come on now. It will cost you something. It will not be exuberant worship. It will not be considered encouragement. It will come on out. It will not be full of inspiration. Uh, it will not be forced upon you. Uh, it will not be worship that's just participation. Uh, but when you bring some oil into this house, uh, you're bringing your hurts, uh, you're bringing your worries, uh, you're bringing your difficulties, your troubles, uh, your unanswered questions, your doubts, uh, and your weariness. Uh, and when your worship, not praise, uh, pours out of you, uh, worship which reaches. Uh, Beyond these circumstances, uh, we enter to the Gethsemane uh, of crushing. Uh, the olives have to be beaten uh, before they all can uh, flow out of it. Remember what I said earlier? If you're not careful, the art and the agony of prayer is going to be lost among our lamp tending. That's why it's crucial to pray. Come on, prayer to be mixed. With a part of our suffering. Come on that occurs in our lives. If prayer is not mixed with the action of lamp dressing. The light will suddenly be overcome with carnal understanding. And human will. Prayer is crucial in the teeth of the trial. Do You know the purity of the fuel was very important. I hope I'm not boring y'all tonight. This all I got. Just see it. The oil was to be used for the lamp and had to come from the olives and had to be picked from the trees. There could not be any forged twigs or any tiny amount of dust on the olives because it would corrupt it. The oil of the lamp could not go, come on now, through the normal process of, of the olive press. The olives had to be taken and beaten instead of pressed. The reason for this was when the olives were pressed, there would be tiny bits of that olive that would get in the mixture with the oil, and it would actually discolor the oil, which would then corrupt its purity. Come on, somebody. I want to be as pure as I can with God. I don't want anything, praise God, between me and or anything. You know, jealousy stops the all floor and anger and bitterness and wrath and malice. Chasing after trinkets of gold will hinder the flow of all. Mental and emotional garbage will stop the flow of all. Do you hear me? Come on, a brutal temper, come on, a brutal temper will damage, praise God, the all. A cutthroat competition will wreck your oil supply. You've got to maintain the purity of the oil by the all-consuming love of God and His church. We have to love one another. I'm going to make a bold statement here and it's the truth. When you begin to know Everything about everybody in the church and you begin to know too much about them, it's a curse for you. Because you cannot look at that person the way you need to look at that person. Because then you start seeing all their little faults and all the little things going on with them, praise God. So when you know too much about everybody in the church, come on, we just need to love each other. We need each other. I said we need each other. Praise God. We draw strength from one another. Come on, praise God. I said, we draw strength from one another. That's why we assemble together. Praise God, because we get strength from one another. Do you know the proper level of fuel is important? Can't be half Holy Ghost. Got to be full. Full. My Holy Ghost is still just as good as the day I got the Holy Ghost. Brother Sepp, I'm serious. My Holy Ghost is still just as fresh. Oh yeah, things has happened. Heartaches, trials, troubles, all that. But you know what? I feel like my Holy Ghost is still good and fresh. I don't wake up with a negative attitude in the morning time. I wake up positive. Come on. I said I wake up positive. I don't want to be around negative people. Negative people bring you down. Praise God. They kill your vision. I said they kill your vision. Praise the Lord. Come on. Positive. We We need to think positive. Praise God. Not negative all the time. And come on. Try to find all the negative things. Praise God. A lot of people try to find all the negative things wrong with the church. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this church. Come on. This is a great church. There's nothing wrong with this church. It's a great mighty church. It's a prayer for a church. Come on, it's a church that's on fire. Praise God. Come on, it's not a church that's taking a back seat to anybody. Come on, you've been called out and sought out. You've been bought with a price. Come on, you got the truth. You preach the truth. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with this place. Stop trying to find something wrong with it. When the fuel is allowed to go out, the wick is going to be totally consumed. and It will be wasted in a fiery heap. A lamp, come on, an empty lamp with a burning wick will also potentially potentially be damaged. Most revealing illustrations for end time church comes from Matthew 25. There find the parable of the five wise, the five foolish virgins, the midnight oil crisis. They all knew the bridegroom was coming. They all had regard for him. They were presently waiting for him. They had their lamps burning for, they were all trimmed, they trimmed them. They slept, they slumbered, they slept. They all heard the same cry at midnight. It wasn't until the coming of the bridegroom that the difference began to develop. I'm telling you, when you don't have enough oil, Praise God in your lamp. When you're in the heat of the battle, you're going to pray that you're good and prayed up. Praise God to get yourself through that trial that you're going to go through. Amen. Praise God. And outward things, they were all alike. The difference was the eternal. The wise were motivated by the love and the principle of the foolish Promoted by impulse and emotion. The difficult the, 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 the difference was the the lamps had totally consumed their oil. It's imperative for the church to always keep the lamps full of oil. imperative. No matter what the cost may be, an atmosphere for revival must prevail. A hunger for holiness has to continue. A desire for prayer must consume you and I. The oil must be in the lamp. You know, the dictionary defines the wick, wick. A bundle of fibers that are loosely twisted or braided cord or tube usually made with soft-spun cotton, cotton threads, which are tube, come on, which by tube attractions draw up and a steady supply of the oil in the lamp. Praise God. Now the melted wax and candles or other material used for illumination, praise God, they're just going to give you just a little bitty blaze, a little bitty fire. But oil in the lamps once played a major role in the early days of the colonial Americans. The vast majority of homes in those days had lamps in usually glass reservoirs. And with the wick in the chimney, the company of the manufacturer of the lamp would give instructions concerning the care of it. This is very important. When filling for the first time and putting in the new wick, allow the wick to become thoroughly saturated before lighting it for the first time. Don't cut the wick Turn up the wick so that the charred portions are exposed. Rub evenly from left to right to remove the char. Re-wick about once every two months if the lamp is used every evening. Trim the wick right or the lamp is not going to burn right. You got to let God trim your wick or your light's not going to be right. You hear me? I said you got to let God trim your wick. Or your light's not going to be right. It's just going to be a flutter. Praise God. It's just going to be a little flame. Uh, Trim the wick into all the points on the flame. uh, And you get a big brilliant flame. Uh, Cut off the corners of the wick. And this prevents from the smoking and making the flame round. Praise God. Uh, Remember, keep trimming the wick until there's no points. uh, And you'll have a large flame. The state and the condition of the wick was crucial for the success of the light. Now, hear this: an untrimmed, an untrimmed wick will produce too much smoke. All oh, you are smoking screen, hot air. A thinly, a thin, a thin, thinly trimmed wick will not allow very much light. A charred wick will hinder the performance of the lamp. In other words, we got to let God cut some things off of us so our light is right. Praise God. Amen. Come on, when I walk out into an old dying world that's going to hell, I want them to be able to see a bright light in me. I want them to be able to see something in me that's different from the world that they're living in, praise God. But if I don't allow God to trim the things off of me uh, and trim my wick to where I've got a good light, praise God, uh, they're not going to be able to see the Holy Ghost that's in me. They're not going to be able to see the God that they're looking for uh, in me, praise God. Uh, There's a world out there looking for what you and I's got. I said, there's a world out there looking for what you and I's got. You know why they tattoo themselves up? Uh, you know why they do all the piercings? Uh, they're looking for something that's tangible, something that's real, something they can hang on to. Uh, praise God. And that's what we got. What we got is real. It's real. Come on, let's reach out to the Holy Ghost a minute. Oh, come on, somebody. We can never allow the lamp of the tabernacle to go out. Our light has to remain in a constant state of readiness. If you walk out of here tonight, God forbid, and then return, uh, come on, years later, I pray you'd find the same thing, fervent prayer, a hardship, worship, a distinction of separation from the world, passionate preaching, uh, a focus on reaching the world, uh, not satisfying yourselves. uh, Worship is more than just a whim. Anybody can praise, but it takes a real person to worship God. Worship's when you're in the heat of the battle. Or the doctor said, there's nothing else we can do for you. But you still come down here and you do a little jig around this altar. and You've got your hands raised up and you're glorifying God. You're worshiping. And anybody can throw their hands up and say, oh, I love you, Jesus. Praise God. What about the worshiper? Because he said, you must worship him. He didn't say praise him. He said, worship him in spirit and in truth. Why don't we try that for a few minutes? Oh, we love you, Jesus. Come on the light of this church is going to shine in this whole city. I said the light of this church uh, will shine in the whole city. Do you know on both sides of the, oil, of the lampstand were two olive trees that had a continuous supply of all for the light. If You notice great mountains become flat plains. There's strength in coming to the, come on now. There is strength coming to the hands that start the foundation. The days of the small things cannot remain forever. Come on, I'm closing. The church, the church does not run on human might, power, talent, or programs. But on the sheer spirit of the power, come on, on the sheer strength and the power of the Spirit of God. Did you know the light, of, the light of God will totally overcome this earth in its final days? Go ahead and stand to your feet. That's why it's so important for the oil to stay pure and the lamps to remain trim. If you feel like you want to come up around this altar tonight and give God some worship, that'd be all right. Whatever you feel like you need to do tonight, maybe you need to tell God, God, my oil supply is not really like it needs to be. But I I know, God, you can fill my reservoir up tonight, Lord. I I know you can fill up my reservoir tonight, Lord. Lord. God, I want you to trim, trim my wick tonight, God, to where it's just not smoke, but oh God, and it's just not charred. But I, I want it to be trimmed right, God? That, that way, I give a brilliant light, God. Come on, church. That's it. Go ahead. Come on, go ahead and talk to God a minute. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Go ahead. Fill me up, Lord. Yay. Hallelujah.